Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When I think of men who really know what the true form of the masculine embodies, presence, drive, protection, one of the first people that come to mind is Josh Trent. Josh Trent is the founder of Wellness Force and Wellness Force Media, a wellness industry influencer and a consultant specializing in health technology. As a top-ranked iTunes podcast host of Wellness Force Radio podcast, with over 14 years in the health and wellness industry, Josh leads the Wellness Force community in discovering physical and emotional intelligence to help men and women live life well. His work has been featured in major health and wellness publications such as Wellness FX, NASM, NASM, a 2017 host of Fitness Plus Technology podcast, and is a speaker for Fit Tech CES. As the host of Wellness Force Radio, Josh interviews world-class experts in the field of physical and emotional intelligence, mindset, behavior change, supplementation, nutrition, health, wellness, fitness, and technology that empowers the WFR audience with actionable steps for the wellness journey. Okay, so that was a lot of chit-chat around wellness and health and nutrition, but today's episode is going to be centered on the feminine and the masculine in such a mind-blowing way. Oh my goodness, you guys. So we talk a lot about the feminine on this podcast because embracing our feminine essence is such a key to healing perfectionism, to healing the wounded feminine, to healing our own inhibitions from speaking our truth. We must step into our feminine flow in order to go along with ease and grace and life and to heal our relationship wounds and just to step into that true, authentic, sensual, free, uninhibited version of ourselves. With that said, there is still a lot of attention that we need to give to healing the masculine. We have a very wounded masculine energy going on around us. That's where perfectionists perfectionism comes from of wanting to do more be more achieve more to look more to look the part to be better to feed the ego but what we want to do as a society is put men and women on the same team to further to nurture to love and to heal both of the feminine and the masculine energies and that's why it's so important that I have men on this show who are healing the stereotypes of masculinity and telling us the difference between masculinity and just manliness and giving us this point of view of what what it means to step more into your masculinity as well and to create presence and hold presence and set the tone for relationships and be in your mighty warrior-ness. And Josh Trent is such a beautiful representation of that. I don't even need to tell you because you are about to experience that yourself. Today, I don't have any announcements. I'm just really eager to dive right on into this episode because it was so good. So hold on to your pants. Here we go. (laughs) 
You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. Josh Trent, it is so good to have you on the Mind Body Musings podcast, especially after chatting, I guess, like for a year and a half, maybe even two years <laughs> online, but not actually yes. connecting. So here we are now. How are you doing today? I'm so grateful to be here and talk about mind body musings with Maddie Moon. That's a lot of M's, so I'm just feeling mmm. <laughs> it's really kind of funny because when I first started this show, I was so into what is it called? Alliterations, yeah? Um yeah. and I was just so like, what what can I do with all the M's and just do mind body musings with Maddie Moon? And now that I look back, I'm like, mmm, that feels just a little bit over the edge of too many too many it's just too many but you know at this point i'm like uh whatever i surrender to it it has some sort of purpose in there yes i think it sounds great and there is something about the subconscious mind hooking to these alliterations so uh you know anything that rhymes is kind of fun for the brain it is it is so true so you have, I was talking with you offline about this, but you have so many different avenues and you're a well-learned person. I can just tell, you know, so many different things about nutrition and movement and uh, what we're going to probably dive in today around the masculine and the feminine and your perspective, especially being um, a man, like that's going to be really cool to be able to talk to you because we have so many conversations about the divine feminine and some on the divine masculine, but getting your perspective is going to be really juicy because you're someone that every time, because I know a lot of your messages around, you know, health and wellness, but every single time you post anything about true masculinity and what it means to hold space and be a leader. I'm like, oh, all eyes on you. Like, it's just hmm. always so good. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, this exploration is, I think, a lot in people's subconscious. And also, it's in the news media. You know, the hashtag Me Too has come up so strong. And now we're seeing this big pendulum, Maddie, where for so many millennia, women were oppressed and they were owned as property. And now we're seeing that pendulum swing super hard to the right where we're almost seeing like a negative ripple from the Me Too. And we really get to find this balance between men and women. And honestly, how we can put the weapons down and just breathe into loving one another. Mm, yes, I would love to get your perspective on that pendulum swing on how it's doing the opposite effect. Um, I want to hear yeah. about that. But first, I, I want to hear about some of your recent experiences and where you're at currently, maybe a little bit of insight into your background to what eventually led to creating Wellness Force. But I want to know also what's super present in your life right now and where you're currently at. 
<laughs> What's super present for me is I'm so grateful that you and I get to talk about things we care about. And it's the same for the people listening to this show. You know, this narrative about becoming our best selves, it's something that sparked for me. I didn't know this, but looking back, it's always easy that the dots connect. When I was a little kid, I did not have really the proper tool sets, either mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, financially, physically, all of them. I didn't have them. I, I grew up in this environment, Maddie, where my mom was sick. She was dealing with an illness, uh, a bipolar disorder when I was a young boy. So home did not necessarily feel like it was a safe place. And so, you know, with that pressure, I'm this kid. I don't have the proper tools to actually feel my feelings or even the permission to feel them. No safe space. Uh, I found a drug that I would say millions and millions and millions of people, men and women, find. And that drug was food. So, you know, I, I used food. I was stressed out. I would eat a burrito. I was sad. I would eat ice cream. And this is like the go-to thing for me when I was a young boy. And that led into adolescence. You know, with no surprise, uh, my dad was gone. They split up when I was a young baby. My mom was dealing with her things that she was dealing with. And I'm just not capable to actually move forward in this world. I'm, I'm looking back on my first 20 years of life. I didn't actually really feel my feelings. So to no surprise, I'm 21 years old. I'm 280 pounds. I'm in this job I hate. I'm in a relationship I don't like. I hate my body. Like the universe was pretty much giving me all the signs that like, hey buddy, your life is not working. So I just didn't know what I wanted. And I just sold everything I owned. I moved out to Hawaii and I started working out at a gym. And I'm like, you know, losing weight. I'm feeling better about my body. And this fitness manager comes up to me at a gym and he's like, hey, I've seen you exercising here. You should think about becoming a trainer, a personal trainer. And I looked at him and I was like, what's a trainer? <laughs> I didn't even know what a trainer was. That led me to be this, you know, beautiful path of using fitness as a catalyst to basically heal, which is what we're all in the process of doing, right? And so I did that for a long time, almost 10 years, you know, 10,000 hours of training clients and just understanding our human condition, what makes us suffer, the lies we tell ourselves and how that manifests into our physical form. Um, that led me to a road of then leaving fitness because as David Dita talks about, you know, I was in this space between one layer of purpose had burned off and I didn't exactly know what the next layer of purpose was. And sometimes in life, our purpose is actually to just be still and breathe and wait for our next purpose to appear and not be frenetic. And that was me at 31. Um, I left fitness completely. I sold technology. I was making a bunch of money, but I was committing spiritual suicide. And so then I got to this place where I just felt my heart's calling and I got the gift of being fired in 2014. I had always wanted to speak my truth through a podcast, through my business that was kind of like in a box, in the emotional attic, all neat and tucked away that I would check on every couple months. But in 2015, um, I just trusted myself and I went with my soul's voice and I launched wellness force radio uh, i mean the rest is history right that's why you and i are talking right now but it came way back maddie to this intelligence that my body was always trying to give to me these messages these voices from my physical body of just slowing down and trusting myself and letting myself know that at my deepest core i'm enough i'm loved and i'm a badass and i love you josh trent <laughs> and that does not mean that i'm cocky it just means that that's the kind of voice that we all deserve. And there's so many things that just get in the way of that. And that's been my journey is to clear out the crap that gets in the way of what's really true. Well, firstly, I'm so grateful and appreciative to how beautifully put you just shared your story. It's always really refreshing whenever you have someone come on the show that 
is is so in touch with their own story and their own past and can share it so beautifully and, and you I feel like I was there I was like watching everything unfold for you um, <laughs> yeah Thank just you. hearing that because it's yeah it was great um all right so right now what's really coming up for me and I'm wondering being so I'm trying to put my put myself into the shoes of of you and of so many men in our day and age growing up especially hearing your story about your mom having you said bipolar disorder mm-hmm. yes yeah, having bi- bipolar disorder and I'm sure that from everything I'm understanding and everything I'm learning about young boys and 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 the lack of uh, the there's no promoting of feeling all the feelings and having physical touch with other boys and hugging each other and being emotional and being sensitive. And, and there's so much encouragement towards the opposite side, which is to be a man, to suck it up, to be tough, all of this. How did, so you mentioned food. What are some other ways that this, this uh, way that our society is promoting young men to act stifled you and stifled your energy and your truth. Ha, this is phenomenal because uh, game Katie Hendricks call what you're talking about weapons of mass distraction. So we have TV, drugs, porn, food, excessive work, being married to your job, uh, being neurotic about your home, always trying to fix everything to be perfect in your home, which is a never-ending cyclone and and an abyss of time-wasting where people collect objects, but what their heart really wants is for them to collect experiences and moments where we can love one another. And I think that's universal. I think, yes, there is tendencies for the masculine to be boastful and push their chest out, and that, and rightly so. I mean, look, we are on this planet. We're in a meat suit, Maddie, <laughs> mm-hmm. spinning on a rock in the middle of outer space. We don't know what the hell is going on. Now, we do know that when we love and when we receive love and we do things that are of service to other people, we feel good. Our body gives us that message. But that message is toned down for the majority of men. And, and really the reason why is because for millennia, and this is the shift we're experiencing now with Me Too and with this masculine-feminine polarity. For millennia, the masculine was expected to be in charge, expected to be the one calling the shots, expected to be the one that would like go out and kill people in wars. Like everything has been so male focused and masculine focused in the doing, in the executing, that there really wasn't ever space for men to take a damn deep breath and feel how it actually felt, the way they were showing up, the actions they were taking. And so now we're in this amazing space, amazing space, where men can still be powerfully masculine and really not have to use these tools, porn and food and drugs and weed and alcohol and all this stuff. This is weapons of mass distraction. So they can really trust the actions, the inspired actions they're taking. And that's really what this is about. It's about men trusting themselves again, being connected to their heart and not being all head. There's that space between our head and our heart. It's our throat. And that's where a lot of the daggers come from in our news media and in relationships from men to other men. This is why it's so important right now, especially for men to be in men's groups and for us to have this narrative, which I'm so stoked to have with you about how do we do this? How do we connect the head to the heart and not be perceived by the feminine as too flowy or too loosey goosey? You know, there is this other pendulum sling with men where someone might have long hair, wear all pink and purple and have like a four inch crystal talisman swinging around their neck and they don't ever have a job. So mm. we do need to have balance. We get to have this balance. Um, and there's a lot of nuances to explore there. I find it fascinating that everything you're describing is a lot of what is being experienced with 
the women that listen to this podcast. It's moving from the head into the heart. And so I think it's overall a very collective thing that's happening. And, and everyone on this planet is living in this hyper-masculine society. And, and everyone is having to forget, forget everything that we learned. Maybe not everything, but forget a lot that we learned about how important it is to always use your head and to use logic and to use structure and to have some rigidity even because rigidity is not the same as having boundaries and having borders. Those are healthy, but having rigidity is when we start to get the strings of the corset too tight and we can't breathe anymore. And so yeah. I, I love that we're all able to support each other as we're moving in this direction of going back into the heart. Um, I do have, okay, so I have this pattern that I've been seeing and I'm curious on your thoughts about it. You live in uh, San Diego, right? Encinitas? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a yeah, very... Yeah, the spiritual bubble. There's a big spiritual community up here, which and is I'm... a good and a bad, a and plus I'm, and a minus. Yeah, I'm in Boulder, which is like very much the same. It's the same kind of energy, except it's like mountain energy where y'all have like the beach energy. Um, but I think it's very similar overall. And yeah. I, I, I am on this path of being... Um, a business owner, very much into personal development and growth. Like I will put down money to go to courses and training and coaching. And I want to, to grow as a person, but I'm also working on my flow and my femininity. And I, I feel like I'm in a sweet spot in life. And the, even though, even though on a, if we take a macro look at our world, so many men are so focused on creating money. They're ambitious. They need to tone it down a little bit and get back in touch with their feelings, like what we just talked about. On the yeah. other side, I, in my life, here in Boulder at least, I experience the total opposite almost everywhere I go and everyone that I date. And I use that word everyone, um, not l absolutely literally, but a lot of people that I date don't have any foundation and they're so lost in the process of discovering themselves and they don't have cars, they don't have, some don't have homes, they live in the van, they, they just loosey goosey all over the place and that's what I see in my real life all the time and I don't know where it's coming from and I, I'm so aware of this paradigm of men making the shift to to leave the using these things like what you're saying money and drugs and alcohol and porn to fill those needs and instead moving more towards vulnerability and feeling their feelings but then on the other side there's something called a, a snack that i am i feel like i'm surrounded by which is the sensitive new age guy <laughs> is what the acronym <laughs> is and i'm I wondering where's the balance where's the balance you know i'll tell you where the balance is the balance is that we get to course correct together. What's interesting, I think one of the biggest lies that our ego tells us and that our society and the media feed, and by the way, this ego is hungry. I mean, until we leave our physical form, the ego is always gonna be there. So we're learning how to dance with this ego. Now what happens is that with these men that live in vans, and maybe this is the men that have like the four pound talisman of crystal hanging around mm -hmm. their neck. <laughs> you know, what happens is, is that these men shift so far and they course correct so much 
over to that more feminine energy, that feeling, that flowing, uh, being in their heart, not necessarily being in their head. What they're doing is that they're dishonoring what I believe is, is really the ultimate law of nature. And the law of nature that I've always trusted in, especially in these past three years, as we've seen the feminine movement rise and feminine empowerment rise, is that we are half beast and we are half spirit. We have to respect both. We get to respect both of these things. Our beast needs certain things. It needs to eat well. It needs to move well. It needs to sleep. We need to have nutritious sleep. But our beast is different than our spirit. Our spirit requires thoughts, thoughts that are fueling us at our very deepest core from love, from being in our physical power. Men and women are made different. Higher intelligence, God, whoever it is, that thing out there that we all try to explain and that many people across the world worship, it designed us to have different physical forms. We are men. I am a man. I have a different form than you, Maddie. And that's how beautiful it is. How beautiful is it that I have a body that's different than yours and how we can respect and appreciate that? Well, this spirit, it's so different than the beast because our thoughts and our feelings and our actions, those are things that are required for us to have true body intelligence to go off of. We have to respect this beast and this spirit. We're 50-50. We're in this meat suit on a rock in the middle of space. Like, let's just kind of go there for a moment here if we can. Uh, no one really knows exactly why we're here. And I think what's easy is that the ego takes control. And the ego is not necessarily a bad thing. We're just dancing with this ego. But for a lot of people and for these men that have kind of lost touch with their deepest, most powerful masculine core. It's actually the ego, because what does the ego want? The ego wants to keep you safe. The ego wants to make sure that you won't be embarrassed. The last thing that you want, if you're a healthy, strong ego, is for you to be singled out and for you to feel shame about not being perceived by your tribe as valuable. And right now, especially with social media for men, men and women, we are going through a massive transformation in how we see one another. Everyone wants to be seen, but what happens is, is that if you're not doing your work, if you're not keeping your container clean, if you're not actually taking the radical steps to find your truth on a daily basis, the ego is going to poke its head up and you're going to actually attract the very thing that you're trying to repel because you're just not connected. And so this balancing between the two. If the men that you're attracting in, Maddie, I mean, we all teach the lessons that we are most needing to learn. I know I can raise yeah. my hand there, right? So so you seem to me like you probably help a lot of women who might have more of a masculine tendency uh, to step into this femininity, this grace, this true power of being feminine, by the way. Um, that right there might be why the men that are kind of free flowy wearing the crystal talismans are coming into your experience. Uh, the universe is probably giving you the contrast that you're still learning from. By the way, I'm raising my hand, I'm still learning too. And that's the whole beautiful thing about this. We don't have to be a black belt to teach a white belt. Um, and that goes for everyone listening too. So I know that was a really long-winded answer, but it's really about you know course correction and honoring, truly honoring this beast and spirit inside of all of us. Oh my gosh, so many gems in there. The beast and spirit, I'm gonna remember that forever, forever. And I love what you just said about you don't have to be a black belt to teach a white belt. And that's so true. <laughs> the way I see this a lot of the times when I'm having these experiences, it can be frustrating. And I, 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 um, I can get a little bit antsy around this and look at my life and being like, why am I attracting this? Am I not totally into the law of attraction right now? And I don't know what I want. Maybe I need to journal some more. But then sometimes I'm just like, you know what? Let me just be in this moment because I feel that what this is teaching me and if you're experiencing, experiencing this too is what it could be teaching you and everyone else 
is how to then say no to what you don't want because that's a totally different lesson. You might still be getting the same kind of person in your life or the same events or instances, but one of those things that we all collectively are learning how to do is to set boundaries and to say no to what we don't want. Because when we continue to do that and to show up and say, no, thank you universe, but still, this is not what I want. I'm clear on what I want. It looks like this. Then deeper the no, deeper the yes. So deeply saying no to mm-hmm. that happening in your life. I think after a while, the universe is like, okay, she's really serious. This is what she wants. This is what he wants. Then we will start to give it to you because you've learned that other lesson of saying no to what you don't want. Uh. Yeah. This is so good. I have to I have to chime in here because I'm listening to you and I'm visualizing as you were talking. Think about what happens with our cell phone. We punch in something we want our cell phone to do. I think people forget this. It has to go to freaking outer space and back to get back to our phone. So mm. our thoughts, our vibrations, if you look at the law of vibration, we are all electrical beings. So again, it goes back to the laws of nature, right? Half beast, half spirit. Well, when we punch in a code to our consciousness and we're asking our soul for a message, we send that out to greater intelligence, to higher intelligence. It's going to take, guys and gals, it's going to take some time to get back to us. So we might be setting an intention and we might be putting out a vibration and we might be harnessing the law of attraction. But if we just let go, if we just truly let go, just let go of exactly when you want it to come back. I know you want it to come right now. You want the perfect relationship. You want the perfect job. You want your body to look a certain way. And if you really check in, if you really breathe into that, There is tension in your stomach. There is shortness in your breath. And if you let that go to where you can breathe easy and your stomach feels good and your body's feeling good and you just commit and surrender to the fact that your life is a process and you will continually send that vibrational energy out to higher intelligence, eventually it's going to come back. And when it comes back, it's going to surprise you. It's going to fill you with love. It's going to make your life have levels that you never even thought possible if you just let go and stop having your knuckles turn white on exactly when it's supposed to happen and just let the damn thing happen Mm. because you're not in control anyways. God, this is so good. So those thoughts that we have that, let's say for instance, this is what I don't want, I don't want, I don't want this. Those are the signals you're putting out into the universe, into the higher intelligence, and those thoughts are heavy, which means they travel slowly. They travel slowly, (laughs) they're heavy, they're not, they're not infused with really healthy, enlightened intention. And and if anything, Mm -hmm. it's just dragging you down. And then you're begrudgingly going throughout your day, wishing that XYZ would happen in your life. You'd find the right partner, you'd get the right career. But that signal, first of all, it's heavy and it's being like it's dragging its feet over to the higher intelligence, but it'll take extra, extra long. Whereas if you have an intention that's not focused on what you don't want, but maybe is focused on what you're moving towards. And, and like you said, you don't have a white knuckled grasp on it. You have your intention of this is what I want. It feels good. I surrender to when it happens. I just know that this is what I want. A Course in Miracles says, those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. So mm-hmm. if you know that what you want to create in your life is X, Y, Z, like if you want the partner that's that's not a snag, but is also not stoic all the time and has no empathy, is right in between of being a leader, but also feeling the feelings, then know that that's coming for you. you you're certain of it. It's coming for you. But you can wait and wait without anxiety. And that's what creates that light energy that can fly to the intelligence super fast because it's not dragging <laughs> its feet. 
Yes, and I want to I want to add to what you're saying. So this is a plus. And on top of what Maddie just said, it's also around your soul knows exactly what you get to do, what's going to make you the most happy, what's going to fill you up with that life force, that vitality. All of us know when we feel alive, right? You're in a great relationship, you're doing something you enjoy, and then we all know what it's like to receive the contrast of honestly doing shit we hate. So with that said, as you're putting out there these intentions, you know, you're working towards having this much money or this kind of relationship or, or this body. It's usually those three, don't you think? It's like health, yeah. wealth, and relationships. Uh -huh. So as we're all working on these things, when we put out this continued vibration of throwing out the messages to higher intelligence that we want, we also get to stay open to that changing. I think sometimes people get so attached to having a certain end goal that it actually becomes their greatest jail cell. It becomes this oppressive force where for seven years I've been working on the podcast, looking and feeling and being just like this. What about your soul learning and adapting and changing to express the beautiful human being that you are? And maybe the goal that you started with just doesn't fit anymore. And that's so freaking perfect if you would just let go and be open to the fact that if you let go of this person that seven years ago you thought you were and the goal you were working towards, you might accept something so radical and something so juicy and so fun that it'll blow you away. And it's literally can happen in a day where you can just meditate, you can do deep work, you can go to a workshop, you can just hear it on a podcast. Sometimes we're all just floating around and we just happen to rub against somebody that affects us in such a beautiful way that we see things differently. And it's not about doing some kind of massive thing. You don't have to go do plant medicine. You don't have to do breathing workshops. You can just have a moment where you're checking in with yourself and that will actually show you the new path the best path, the path that, that your soul is actually wanting you to go on if you would just be aware. I think it's really around self-awareness. There's been so many interviews that I've done, Maddie, and like no matter if it's Gretchen Rubin or Tom Bilyeu or somebody that's very analytical, somebody that's based hardcore in academia, I think if you really tuck, if you really tuck down and you really understand what their work is about, it's about self-awareness. Self-awareness is this entire conversation with you and I. It's like, are we aware of who we are? Are we aware of what we stand for? And are we aware of that we always get to do our work every single day so that we can breathe more and love more? And that's really it. Yes, 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 yes. And I find this has been coming up in my life so much, but like obviously. I think I've changed a lot over the past few years, but not fully aware and consciously making the choices to change, just evolving, just growing, and it happens very subtly. But recently, I have had these moments where I'll listen to a podcast or I was just in Canada, so traveling there and listening to people talk with me and how they live their life, which with the tribe of people I was around is so different from me. And I remember having moments where opinions were forming within myself. Instead of just trying to Oh, people please everyone and make everyone feel good and, and not share my own personal thoughts on something and, and try to just stay as neutral and vanilla as possible. I started to realize that I was having some opinions forming about what they were talking about and sharing it in a, in a kind and warm way, but still speaking my truth. Or maybe I will be on the treadmill or be doing an acro session and something will pop in my brain. And I'm like, huh, does that wait, does that serve me anymore? Or even on this podcast, like we were talking about mind body musings, like, do I like this name anymore? Does this really fit and feel true to me? Or do I want to change something around? Do I like the colors on my website? I know I did a really big 
a website rebrand last year where I was like, you know what? Pink no longer speaks to me, but green and yellow really do. And allowing myself to change and to evolve and grow in, in even these tiny little ways. But like you're saying, self-awareness is what helps it to truly integrate. It goes from being just a natural evolution where you're just, you know, it's a new day, it's new decisions, you like different food. Okay, that's cool. But when you're actually waking up to the thoughts that you have, to the people you are attracting, the books you read, if you're finishing every book, even though you hate finishing all these different books and you rather would just stop halfway, you can actually wake up to these things happening and make conscious decisions, whether it's still serving you or whether maybe you've evolved and allowing that change to progress. Yep. And with progression comes constant ideation and an openness. And I think if we look at going back to this masculine feminine right now, there is one team versus the other team. Ladies, men listening, stop fighting. Stop fighting each other. You don't need to fight each other anymore. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why you need to keep your shield up and your sword up. And this is really kind of the danger of Me Too, Maddie. You know, the hashtag Me Too started, um, I think it was Alyssa Milano and, and, and someone else last year, and then Harvey Weinstein thing happened. And all these events that have led what I believe to be a very positive thing, which is people having the conversation that no means no, and that abuse of any kind, especially sexual abuse, has never been okay, and it never will be. But what we're seeing now is uh, emotional contagion. And this is what's talked about in The Untethered Soul. And we understand that people have thorns in their arms. Things that have happened to us or for us or through us, however you want to see that, they come up. Like the pain body that the feminine has is massive. We're talking about thousands of years here of this pain body existing. And we're still kind of burning off that pain body. Right now, there's no more challenging place to be than a single white male who's out on the market trying to just learn how it is to interact with the feminine because the feminine's also experiencing this crazy pain body from our great, 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 great grandparents that did all these things we're not proud of. But guess what? The men that I know, the conversation you and I are having, all the people that are even open to talking about Me Too and to just diving in between masculine and feminine, these aren't the people that are abusing each other. These aren't the men that need to be singled out and, and fire roasted in the middle of a town square because they touched someone's leg at a bar one day and it was perceived as abuse. I think we're seeing now the line of demarcation between men being men and women understanding what it's like to kind of dance with a man, actually being a man, that right now is not a straight line. <laughs> I wish it was. Um, I was actually interviewing someone uh, last year, my friend, he's a Johnny Blackburn, he's a men's group leader. And he was like, you know, it's almost as if sometimes we must sign a contract before we give a woman a kiss. Like, is it okay if I kiss you? We're losing the dance. We're losing the dance of polarity if we put up our shields and we have a sword and we're ready to strike first. What gets to happen is this podcast. What gets to happen is us talking about this thing so that really, I mean, what do women want most? Women want to be, tr they want to be seen and they want to feel like they can trust a man. And if a man's even willing to talk about it, if a man's willing to go there, then give him the chance, give him the space, allow him to give you what, what it is that you need most. And that is to be seen, to be heard and to feel trust. But if your shield is up, if your sword is up, if you're, if you're making him scale the biggest castle wall that you ever could imagine, because you're thinking in your mind, well, if he cares about me, he'll scale the castle wall. How do you know? 
how do you know that he cares about you yet if you haven't given him the chance because your shield is up and your sword is drawn, no matter how strong a man is? I mean, every man gets tired of scaling that emotional castle wall. And, you know, it's not as guaranteed that he's going to be able to have the strength to do it, even if he's a powerful man. So we're really at this epoch, this culmination point as a society where the pendulum is now swung so hard to the right, Maddie, that it just takes this conversation times 1 million. You and I are just talking about something that hopefully with the right intention, we can have it put out there across the nation. And then that's going to change a lot of other social aspects that uh, also need changing. So have you spent some time thinking about what the, oh, I don't know how to put this ideal um, polarity would look like between men and women in regards to, let's say, touch and dating and courting and, and, and those instances. Because when you brought up the, the, the kissing, this is a, 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 a place where we could zoom in the lens uh, on like the first kiss and, and something very simple. But I'm interested in your thoughts. When some women are asked, can I kiss you from a man? I have heard so many times being like, oh, it's so gross. I hate that they did that. I hate that he asked me if he could kiss me. He's supposed to just do it. Blah, 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 blah. Like so annoyed. But then on the other side of it, now we're hearing people get um, upset or calling it something like you were saying. It can be sexual abuse if, if the man leans in for the kiss without asking. So I'm even a little confused, to be honest. <laughs> I am very yeah. confused. So in this instance or, or something around these lines, what would you ask from women in here if, if you could ask anything? I love that. And I'm totally going to answer that. I'm curious what you want. What do you want as an embodied feminine? Oh, I, <laughs> um, I want to feel like every other woman. I want to feel safe. I want to feel seen. For me, when I am feeling a connection with someone, I love them leaning in for the kiss. I will never get mad. <laughs> I will never get angry at a question. I will never look down on that, especially when they're being given so many messages of ask, get consent first. Consent's everywhere. Thankfully, we're now talking about it. So if someone asks, can I kiss you? It's yes. You know, thank you for asking. Sure. Let's go for it. If they mm. lean in and they go for a kiss, I pull back if that's not what I want, but I don't also label that, you know, if it's, if it's in the context of a date, I don't label that as, um, someone being disrespectful to me. I love <laughs> yeah. to feel desired. I will just say it. That is what gets me going. I love feeling desired. It's the best. I, this is cool. And thank you for answering that because in, in order for someone to feel desired, they have to let go of control as to the capsule or the environment of which they're going to be desired in. And I think right now what we're seeing, like to answer your question, what is the template? What is the rules? What is the thing? All of that needs to fly in the face and go into the fire of our ego's lie. It's all about control. With men and women, the reason that a kite when you're a kid is so fun is because you just love the way that it feels when you're flying it. You don't need to know Newton's law of relativity and like what gravity exists. And we're really focused on so much between men and women right now, the what instead of the why. Like, why do you want a man to kiss you? Because you feel this cool energetic flow between the two of you. Why does he want to kiss you? Because he feels the damn same thing. 
So if you guys are intentional about being with people that really align with your deepest truth and you're hanging out with somebody that doesn't put up caution flags in your subconscious and he's hanging out with you because he just likes the person you are. He just loves being around you. Like that right there is going to fuel the kiss. I don't think that asking for permission Every time you want to do something with a woman, it's valid. I think really the deeper question here is what is our work as men and women? Our work as men is to be intuitive in situations where we love someone or we like someone or we're hanging out with someone. It's our work. It's our work as men to be intuitive and to be aware in our surroundings. We know. I mean, look, if you ask most guys, we know if it's kind of the time to go in for the kiss. We just, you know, we, we kind of know that. And then we also know if she's feeling uncomfortable and if it's best to just like be still, not go in, wait till she's feeling that trusting energy between the two of us. That is our work as men. It's not about asking for permission. It's about doing our work to be aware in the moment. Now, the same exact thing exists for work for women. Women, ladies, if you want a man to give you love and give you a kiss and you, know, you don't have to worry about all this permission and structure and templates and all these things, you must be connected to your power, to your truth. Let him know with your eyes and with your body language and with your soul. Let him know that it's time. Give him clear signals that you are trusting him in the moment and that your eyes tell the story. If you're not connected to your body and your emotions and your soul and you have stories running in your head about what your dress looks like or if you should have taken out the trash in the morning, you're not actually there. How is that man supposed to really be intuitive and be aware of how you're feeling if you don't know how you're feeling within yourself? And also your job, the secondary job, is to tell him no when it's no. And when it's no, if you tell him with your eyes and with your body and with your words that it's no, well, then it's his job being an aware, conscious man to know that it's no and that he doesn't have to pursue and taking off your clothes and all these different things. So you can see, Maddie, like the work exists beyond the template, beyond the perceived ego's safety that it wants to create for all of us in this thing. No one needs a contract for love. We know how it feels. Everybody knows how truth feels in their body. And it's our job as men and women to do our own separate work so we can come together and fit together like a Rubik's cube. I think oftentimes we forget the power of our body language. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because we can, we can totally communicate with our eyes. We can totally communicate by, I had, um, London Angel Winters on the podcast. I don't know if you've heard of her before, Oh, cool name. Yeah. She works with David Data. Um, she did all of like the women courses and programs. So she's just such a wonderful soul, but she was talking about on the podcast, how you're supposed to like turn your nipples to be headlights facing directly them, like open up your eyes, let them know. And of course, Mm. like you're saying with the body language that can say a lot that can say, yes, that can say no. If you do not feel like your message is getting across and you are not absolutely in a place where you're bodily aware, you are aware of your body, you are in your body. Cause I know that's a problem problem for some women or, or a struggle I'll say for some women is truly feeling in their body because we've been disconnected from it for so long. So as you are in that journey of learning how to be in your body, how to have body language that says yes and body language that says no, when you're in the process of discovering that, use your voice. That's another experience that we Mm -hmm. are, we are growing into is learning how to clear our throat chakra, use our 
throat chakra, heal it, learning how to speak our truth, say no and and speak up and, and risk the risk the, like not being liked by this person. That's fine. You would rather like yourself than not be liked by this person that wants to make physical advances on you where you're feeling uncomfortable. So yeah. using the power of your voice and your body language. I love that. Well, let's go let's go back to the simplicity too. Like sometimes it is as easy as having one simple solution. And I know for people, they're like, oh, that's too far reductionistic, Josh. It can't just be about body intelligence. It can't just be about, you know, tapping into our breath and doing our work. Well, my, my answer to people that ask that question is, are you doing your work? Are you eating, moving, and sleeping well? Are you taking an inventory of your thoughts, feelings, and actions? Is this your life's work? And I would think that most of the people listening to this podcast in some way are curious about this. And it's that curiosity to learn all these things that really drives the masculine and feminine. Nothing is more sexy than a man who's curious and alive. And the same thing goes for a woman. You know, when people come together, it's because they typically share some kind of vibrational similarity. And that vibrational similarity is around the subjects, the topics, the change they want to see in the world. Maybe they love yoga or fitness or meditation or whatever it is. But in some way, it's the curiosity. And this is what Brene Brown talks about. It's the curiosity that keeps us alive. If we're curious, that's what fuels everything else. We lose our curiosity. That's the universe giving us a signal like, hey, Go back to your soul. Go back to your body. The lack of curiousness in Me Too right now is, I think, really the bigger problem. It's funny. We get these lessons, and it's typically never about what's presented as the lesson. It's always something deeper. It's always something more intuitive. Always. And I'll say that because look at your and my path both. We're both here you know, on the airwaves, on iTunes, talking about things we care about. We're still doing our work too. We're not perfect. Hello. This is a continuum here. And um, I think curiosity is our fuel. Using this topic of curiosity, I think this is a perfect segue into relationships or dating or, or whatever it may be and letting him lead. And having a, a mindset of curiosity as a woman. And I, so in, in relationships, I'm all about, um, one thing I really resonate with your message and, and a place that I vibe with you very strongly with is I think it is a big disservice to ignore the feminine and the masculine energies. And I don't know if you have been receiving any kind of backlash whenever you talk about it from a lot of people Ooh, that are, yeah. A lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's, <laughs> yeah. I, I received quite a bit this week, actually. I posted something about <clears throat> how I am a masculine-minded woman learning to step into her feminine flow every day. And that's why that's my message is because I'm naturally, I have a very masculine, headstrong tendency. And I was just getting the comments being like, no, you're not like that's so outdated. That's an old way of thinking. Get with the program. Like there is no gender in this. And and you can explain it many times, but people will not hear it unless that's what they want to hear or they're curious about it. But I have some very I, I, I love the idea of that masculine energy being the leader. And that's not to yeah. say that you, a woman in your feminine essence, really learning how to surrender and to receive is not strong. That doesn't mean you are not strong. But in relationships, when you are going through a period of learning, huh, maybe I should let him lead I think curiosity is a really big quality that has to come along with it. Otherwise, a man who is trying to figure out how to leave won't feel like he can venture into that role. Woo. 
I just want to mic drop with what you said right now because here's the thing. Chris Rock a long time ago was on stage. He's like, men, we're pretty lazy. You know, if it weren't for women, we would live in a cardboard box. And it's very true. I think a lot of us at our core for men are intentionally like put on this world in this physical body and we just kind of want to eat hang out, have some sex and be lazy. But that's just the beast. This dance of beast and spirit. And what you're talking about, Maddie, is leadership. You know, what feels so fun when a man wants to lead is that you are actually the one. The feminine is the one who's sparking the leadership. Somebody has to lead, right? That's why the feminine feels unsafe. So someone like yourself or maybe, you know, in phases of life, you felt this, Maddie. It's like someone has to lead. And if he's not going to lead, well, then I'm going to lead. I'm going to make the reservation. I'm going to find the directions. I'm going to go do everything I need to do to make this vacation perfect. And it's like if you would just breathe and clearly communicate to the masculine that you would like him to lead, he will go to the ends of the moon for you. He will do anything for you if you would just give him that clear signal. Now, if you give him the clear signal and you're doing your work and you're letting him know that it feels sexy and fun and free and awesome when he leads and he doesn't lead, well, then that's his work, right? So you, there's two things here. It's always this dance. He has to be open to you. He has to love you. He has to vibe with you. He has to love the person you are first. Then in this committed conscious relationship, you are always doing your work between the two of you. You tell him, hey, I love it when you lead. Here's what it makes me feel. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting like I'm getting like chills on my arms just thinking about that. If a woman tells me that she wants me to do something for her, I'm sparked into inspired action. It's when you don't. It's when the feminine doesn't voice what she needs in a way where the man can actually take it in, swallow it and use that for fuel. You can't be angry at anyone. Because if nothing's being communicated, there's no path to go. There's nowhere to go if you're not saying how you actually feel. And I think this is really the critical part. It, it's for women. Ladies, please just allow your heart to remain open. Just let it flow. Like even if in the past you've been hurt, um, you feel like you need to be in this masculine energy. It, it's that very feeling where you're gripping the past, gripping the fear, gripping the tension. Th this is actually paradoxically what attracts these men, uh, Maddie that are less masculine and they're flaky and, and they're, they're non-committal. This, this continuum of balancing the masculine and feminine, it's a continuum. We're never going to be there. There's no there there. It's always going to be filled with this course correction between a man and a woman. And it's just getting to a place where you guys can look shoulder to shoulder, breath to breath, heart to heart, head to head, and just say, listen, this is what I want. This is why I want it. I love you. I want to create this amazing life with you. How can we do this together? And then breathe through the triggers. Do your work to advance through the triggers. That's what it's really about. And that's what makes you the beautiful feminine. Give us fuel to be a masculine leader. Oh, gosh. Oh, so much goodness. My mind is like blown right now. I'm taking notes because I feel like I need to just sink all of this in. I love what you were saying about um, it's weird that I love it so much, but I love what you're saying about a man just like wanting to be like living inside of a cardboard box and <laughs> yeah. just wants to like ha have sex and play games and like chill all day long because I never thought of it that way. Like I never mm -hmm. really thought of the feminine presence being the, the you said the spark. The you are our spark. leader. You are everything. You are the fuel as to why we want to lead as men. Men don't naturally just come out of the womb like, I want to take over the world. No, like our whole point here is that Maddie, like we need each other. The one thing that's missing in this planet right now is the dependence on one another's love. 
Like when you strip away all the trauma and events and bullshit at the very core of everything, people have forgotten. And this is why what you and I are doing is so powerful. People have forgotten that we need each other. And without this dependence on one another, then when the bad things happen, when people die, when you lose someone you care about and you feel like you're alone and you have no one to reach out to, you die as well. The only thing that keeps us alive is when these terrible things happen that we can reach out even when it hurts and say, I love you and I need help. And then you receive that love and then that's what fuels everything else. And this is not about sitting around a fireplace. Like this is built into our DNA. You look at the meta studies from Stanford. There was a 10-year study that was recently pushed out. The number one cause of dying early is not cancer. It's not uh, smoking. It's not poor diet. It's loneliness. Loneliness, men and women. A lack of love, of giving love, and a lack of receiving love is the number one cause of death, of early death. That right there, for all the analytical people listening, for all the light workers and light warriors listening, we need each other. We deserve love. Let's do our best to be in love, even when it hurts, even when we're triggered, even when it's shitty, and let's just commit to doing that. Yeah. God, I had no idea that was the number one cause of death. And that breaks my heart. And and that's why this conversation is so important of remembering that this yin energy, this yang energy is within each one of us. I am not the feminine and you are the masculine. I am both. But mm. even though I have both of these energies within myself, I have different gifts than you have. Like you were saying, I have different gifts that I can bring forward and, and, and let shine through me. And if I stay connected and have that self-awareness and acknowledge the masculine within myself, but acknowledge the feminine within myself and how it complements that masculine in a partner or just in the people around me, the people in the grocery store, the people in classes that I go to everywhere. We are all reflections of each other and we do need each other. And I am so on team everyone. And I just want everyone to be on team yeah. everyone too. I just, this uh, separation is, is, is causing a lot of destruction. And I'm glad that you were bringing forward this conversation around this, the pendulum swinging on me too, because we want to get to a place where we are all keeping the same goal at the forefront of our mind and we all want to share that love and we want to give the love and receive it again another epidemic is not feeling like we can receive the fear of receiving and that's such a powerful gift that especially the women the feminine we have that the the the, the desire to receive our bodies are made to receive physically that's the way we are and yes. when we fight fight, fight, receiving, we're fighting and we're cutting off a lot of our other gifts. And we're also cutting off that feeling that the masculine receives whenever he's giving or providing or taking care of that feeling that the masculine really loves and thrives on. <laughs> we can learn so much. I'm smiling as I'm hearing you talking here. We can learn so much from children. Like when you're eight years old and you kind of like a girl in your class or she likes you, you didn't care about what masculine and feminine was. You didn't know about the pain body that's been rippling for millennia. You didn't understand uh, sexual oppression and thorns and you know all these different things that are talked about across our world and that we all feel because look, we just don't have as much evidence when we're young. Guess what? That young man, that young woman, they're still in there. They're still in there guiding you, directing you. It's the same little child inside of you. No matter if you're a war general or if you're a stay-at-home mom, we all have a little young man and a little young woman inside of us. And if we can just get clear and do our work to clear out the bullshit, to hear whatever it is that they're trying to tell us, our life's going to be beautiful. 
and it doesn't involve shields and weapons and me too. I want to change it to hashtag we too, conscious mm. men, conscious women coming together to have a better narrative, which is how do we get back to love in all these situations? And then of course, that's where our work really exists. I will so be on board the we too hashtag train. That sounds awesome. <laughs> we too. Yeah. I love it. Okay, we could obviously do this forever and ever and ever. Um, this was, I, I, I'm so high right now. I'm just so high on life with all of this conversation we just had. Um, I have got a divine deep dive round for you. So before we head on over there, cool. can you let everyone know where they can connect with you? Wellness Force across all social media, wellnessforce.com. We talk about what you and I have talked about so much and also these pillars, Maddie, these, how do we keep our spiritual and our emotional vessel clean? It's it's eating, moving, sleeping, and then thoughts, feelings, and actions. This is the physical and the emotional that we explore on Wellness Force and Wellness Force Radio on iTunes. Beautiful. And I will have all of those links to your goodies over at uh, the show notes for this episode, which is number 199. Yay. Ooh. <laughs> Almost 200. Yeah, it's a good number. Cool. Um, okay, are you ready for the divine deep dive round? Let's go deep. More alliterations. What is what with me and the alliterations? I love them. Okay, what is one must-read book? One must-read book is, the well, there's so many. I mean, it's hard for me to pick one, but the first one that came to my consciousness was The Way of the Superior Man, David mm -hmm. Dita. It's also meant for women as well. I mean, women, you can learn so much from reading this book. Um, a close second to that would be actually, I'm reading a book right now that I'm fascinated by. It's called vibe. It's by Robin Openshaw and it's about the quantified, uh, hurts and things that are around vibration. We talked a lot about vibration today. So Ooh. those two books are good. Ooh, awesome. I will have both of the links to those on the show notes. What edge are you on in life? How do I love in each moment, regardless of my triggers and pain? Love it. If you could live anywhere in the world besides home, where you live now, where would it be? Costa Rica. What is your favorite meal right now? Favorite meal is sweet potato that's been baked perfectly with olive oil, sea salt, and black pepper on top of it. And then some kind of like healthy protein like uh, salmon or chicken. Um, and then also I've been loving, I've been loving arugula. It's got a lot of nitric mm. oxide. So those three things. What is your spirit animal? A bear, a really big, <laughs> clean bear, like a bear that's just come out of an icy cold river with a salmon in its mouth. <laughs> you know, what's funny is like, I actually, like when you said bear, I was like, yeah, you're a total bear. Like I totally get that. I see that. Yeah, I'm a bear. Like I'm slow to anger, but like, you know, don't piss me off. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that, but that's cool. <laughs> it's good to know. Um, I'm like, yeah. Okay. What's your mantra right now? If I can breathe, I can choose. What song are we most likely to find you jamming out to? Anything made by Tycho. Tycho. This, I'm stealing this question from a podcast I was on recently, so I didn't come up with this myself, but I really like it. If you were an inanimate object, what would you be and why? If I was an inanimate object, what would I be and why? Oh, wow, that's a really interesting question. I think I would be a microphone. Because mm -hmm. I, then I would get all my questions answered that I want to know the answers to. That's awesome. And last question, where are you most likely to be found on a Saturday morning? Saturday morning, I'm most likely to be found walking the 101 here in Encinitas or just sitting in the sun doing something, learning, learning about myself, learning about other people. 
Ugh, I love it. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This episode, I am ecstatic about it. It was just so good. <laughs> this was fun. Thanks for having me, Maddie. Everyone, remember, you can get all of the links that we mentioned in this episode over on the show notes for this, maddiemoon.com slash josh-trent, otherwise known as episode 199. I'll see you guys soon. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.